All right, everybody, welcome back to the greatest podcast in the world. It's it's Stabs and Duke, and we're here to talk about the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Awesome episode. I'm probably going to try to convince myself that I'm staying. You say this every fucking week, Jay. Every Every week, week, you're like, I'm going to stay up. And every week, I say I'm not going to stay up. And (laughs) it's always flipped. I'm I'm a grandpa, man. Uh, 1 a.m. is my limit. I'm just like, you know what? I got to tap out. That's the thing. This week, I actually did plan on going to bed early. And I fell asleep at like 11.30. And then I woke up at like 2.45, like clockwork. Like it was like, Marvel wants me to wake up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Marvel's calling. (laughs) What do you think? Um, Just give me your like broad overall thoughts on it. Uh, I I really thoroughly enjoyed this man. Um, it's it is what I've been craving from the MCU for over 364 calendar days. So I'm just I'm, I'm so stoked that it's finally here, and I'm looking forward to the second episode. So I'll just say so far. I definitely agree, and we talked a little bit about it um, the other day, uh, just me and you. But for the sake of the pod, how the MCU benefited from WandaVision coming first and this coming second, Mm -hmm. because this was just such a good, like, like it's such a good show so far. And it is like classic Marvel, just all action, not all action, but you know what I mean? Like classic, like action. Then you see, like you delve into the character's life a little bit, which the shows are obviously delving into their lives more because they've got more time. But then you go back and it's more action and you set up for action. And then you end on like a cliffhanger to set up for more action. And I think like we were talking about the other day, like if that had come before WandaVision, WandaVision, I feel like would have just seemed like weird to people. And it would have just seemed like a creative project rather than something to take seriously. But I mm-hmm. think I think WandaVision coming first did two things. First of all, for the, the MCU fans, like both hardcore fans and casual fans, it like got them back in it's like oh our first marvel content in over a year like let's like this is we gotta get ready we're, we're getting back into it now and it just kind of set the tone it was a setup and it was like you didn't know what was going on at first and it built and built and built and mm-hmm. building on something that was already building and then you hit the ninth episode and it's all action like that was a perfect segue into falcon winter soldier perfect but on the second note, it's like the people that weren't interested in the MCU before now, now it's like, oh, they're doing a creative project and it's mostly about grief and it's like very little fighting. Like it it really is like enticing to them too. And I think it did get a lot more viewers hooked because now they're going to go back. Like I had friends ask me like, what movies do I need to watch to understand these two characters? So I think it really did help out that they, that like the schedule got flipped around for them. Yeah, definitely. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think I even said something to the effect that if they did in fact leave with Falcon and Winter Soldier, I think that 
not to say it would have been like slightly overrated, but I feel like people's eventual rating of it would have been, it would have been far higher than what it would have been if it was just like what we have now with WandaVision being first and then following up with right. Falcon Winter Soldier think- because people were just anticipating it and it's typical Marvel, like you said. So we're jumping right back into things. You know, hype takes over how you perceive things at the end of the day. So I think both shows benefited tremendously from the like restructuring. And I think Black Widow is going to benefit because now you're not only building from WandaVision to Falcon Winter Soldier, now you're building, now you've got all this action all the time, like classic Marvel, and now you're going to throw it into a Black Widow movie. Even though it's a prequel, you're going from like a bunch of ass kicking and to more ass kicking. And it's just, I feel like it's going to flow very well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially when you consider the fact that it, it almost makes you question like why Marvel would think to start it off in that way. Because going from WandaVision to Black Widow would have been like, I don't no, because they weren't. Because Black Widow was supposed to be before both. Oh, right, 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 right. Because right, it was right. going to be so, WandaVision and the Doctor Strange, which would have worked. That okay, would have worked. I'm confused. Okay. Yeah, because because Black Widow, like, be having supposed to have come out almost a year ago now, is like right. Really, I forgot that. The time. Jesus, yeah. we were supposed to get in Doctor Strange like now ish, like within the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Damn man, I, every day I get further and further away from like what time it is. It's yeah, crazy. yeah. Hopefully, I mean, like I think, just based on public reaction and based on like planning from people and major corporations and things, I think everything will be back to relatively normal by the summer. So, yeah, I think so too. And I and I don't think they're looking to push this. I <laughs> think theaters, like we said last week, theaters are at enough capacity where they'll feel comfortable releasing it. You'll obviously have the driving crowds. I think they're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I do too. And you know what? I saw a report recently that said that um, LA is preparing to open back up theaters. So that really let me know like, yo, they're, they're going for it. I like yeah, and I, th- and I think Marvel, like now that you've built all this hype, you can't fumble the ball on the one yard line here. You know, like you can't be like, all right, we've got WandaVision. We're like, like to use the metaphor, we're driving here. And now we've got Falcon Winter Soldier, like, or getting close. We're in the red zone here. We got five mm-hmm. episodes of this left and then Wander, and then Black Widow drops two weeks after this ends. Mm-hmm. You got to put it in the end zone. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, you can't that's, throw it, man. You got to run it. This is your big, exactly. Exactly. Give it to Marshawn. Like, this is your, <laughs> this is your biggest, this is your first movie in two years. Do it. Yeah. And I, I don't anticipate it getting pushed. <laughs> really, like, the closer we get to it, the less I anticipate it getting pushed. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's finite. We're there. Point. May 6th, we're yeah, there. Yeah, man. We're there. <laughs> we're Babs and Duke review together. We should, right. yes. Yeah. Let's see. So, this so episode. Like, what were your... What were my um, thoughts? I, like I said, I think that the mental health aspect of everything and being able to dive into these characters' headspaces more is huge for Marvel because really you got that a couple times. You got it in Iron Man 2 when he was depressed because he was dying and he started drinking and he fought Rhodey and then he got in the race car and then he eventually gave the company to Pepper. Then Iron Man 3, he's like, he's got anxieties, PTSD. He's being set off by a little kid asking him about the wormhole. He's being set off by Harley talking to him about the events of New York and like he's having panic attacks. 
you get to like Dr. Strange, he's depressed because he's like loses control of his nervous system and he loses his career, loses his friend. Well, not friends because he didn't really have friends to be with, but like he loses his like camaraderie in like the hospital uh, and he's got nothing. And so he's depressed there. Like there's a, a couple other times and then Endgame really hits it with Steve going to like, couple, not couples therapy, but like group therapy and Thor when he got fat because he drank so much. Mm-hmm. like that's both depression there and now you're actually diving into it you got Wanda with the grief and depression you got Bucky with the PTSD like I think they're going to start exploring these concepts more especially now that people are adapting to life like following the events of the snap <laughs> I couldn't have said it better that's everything that I really appreciated about this episode and I, I love how it was fight you had your hints of uh, winter soldier with the action sequences mm-hmm. with the tonality of endgame and like you said just we see these heroes confronting their inner demons finally post blitz so. and that's what i really liked about it is that falcon gets like a present day action scene he's like fighting the same guy that cap fought years ago in winter soldier but then you flip to bucky and his action scene is a flashback to when he was like brainwashed and so i think that's highlighting two things i think it's highlighting falcon is still doing things that like for the greater good and he's not getting paid for it yeah two bucky um his storyline being like the ptsd storyline is still harping on moments of the past and i think like bucky's obviously going to get back into the fight soon and my personal opinion on it is that somebody's going to kill yori maybe falcon loops him into it but i'm really betting that somebody kills yori and bucky gets pissed because he doesn't get his closure and he just jumps right back into the fight as much as he doesn't want to or maybe he finds that's what he's missing maybe that's like he realizes going to therapy like he he's never lived any other life he lived it when he was fighting the war Mm -hmm. then he was brainwashed then He's been he was, fighting his whole life. He literally got like three years of re- like relaxation in Wakanda, and then he got mm-hmm. snapped away. Yeah, maybe he's it. been fighting his whole damn life. So, for him to finally, we finally see him just in all of his normalcy, like trying so hard to. I don't know if he's trying to not talk so much about his problems these days or he just doesn't know how to or like I love that whole like he goes back and forth with you know being on the fringe of saying something about his past and like trying to remedy it remedy it but at the same time like he doesn't he wants to keep his distance from people like that whole date scene was perfect perfect yes and like even with the therapist like like he knows she knows a little bit because I think she said something about her being like a soldier or something or like being military so he knows like she can relate a little bit, but he, she can't relate to him being brainwashed and killing good people. Yeah. Like he, she can't relate to those types of things. So she doesn't fully understand the scope of what he's going through. And yes, she wants him to talk, but like he doesn't want to uh, like volunteer that because he's not ready to accept it yet. Right. He wants right. to, he desperately wants to, but he's not ready to. So instead he just is sarcastic and cynical with her. And it's funny, but like also like pretty sad like yeah it you, is. you know this man wants what's best for him but like ultimately he has to resort to being like kind of standoffish because 
because he can't he can't get there and you see that again with yori at the end when he goes to apologize to him he can't physically bring himself to apologize to this old man that he doesn't even necessarily need to see again he just needs to apologize to him and if he wants him out of his life after that he doesn't need to live with that guilt but i think that's why i think yori's gonna die because i think bucky needs to live with that guilt for purpose of the story yeah yeah two things like i first of all the inner cynic in me loved every moment of that whole therapist interaction yeah. when he said that she was passive aggressive i felt yeah, that shit so funny Too but also cool. like, i can't do it like my, my friend so matt foot that came on here um shut up matt yeah he like had so many great points and i wish i would have like saved because we were just like snapchatting about it and i was like i wish i would have saved some of them because he made so many like articulate points about that scene in particular and i I remember how he like said it but i don't remember what he said and it was just like a perfect analysis was it it was involving the therapist scene yeah because i made a comment to him about like he like bucky like harping on her being passive aggressive and Matt like pointed something out to me about that. He said something like why that's so important to the nature of Bucky's character and that scene. Mm. And I don't remember exactly how he phrased it. I'll ask him again after this episode's over, but yeah. um, it was very well put. Yeah. I did think it was like a pretty funny moment. And then again, the other funny moment was when he was like torturing that Hydra lady when like she got in her car and he started like remote controlling her car oh yeah yeah that was was so and then when it was playing like she's like what's step three and he's like reciting it and then it'll like flash like it'll clip to like (laughs) him saying it to the lady and then back to the therapist it was just Mm. hilarious great sequence man and i really think that he keeps yuri around as as a constant reminder for himself because i feel like he wants to feel the guilt and I feel that on a spiritual level too, of like just keeping things, just keeping reminders around you, so you can, in a strange and demented way, refill the guilt of things. Like remember or remind yourself that yo, like I did something fucked up in my past. And I know that if I don't deal with these consequences, they're gonna come back to bite me. So I feel like that's why he always keeps him in his you know keeps him in his life really because he wants to feel the guilt like it wasn't even his fault that he did those things because he was brainwashed but Mm -hmm. he wants to feel the guilt it's it's like uh like he's got the book of all the people Mm -hmm. just having that book is just another reminder of everything horrible he's done which speaking of that book um with the list in it first of all it's a parallel to cap's list in winter soldier when he's crossing up all the things he missed over the past 70 years but second of all we got some good names on that list there's zemo who's going to be a villain in this um there's a guy named uh i don't remember his name but there's a character that's the red barbarian in the comics and his like Mm -hmm. alter ego was one of the names on the list uh there's hauser who is a guy in the comics who hates falcon he hates Falcon, apparently. I just ran all the names through Google pretty much to see mm-hmm. what came up. And I found out, yeah. So I found out Hauser hates Falcon. Uh, and then there's Kaminsky, who was a writer for some of the Falcon comics back in the day. He was on that list? Uh-huh. Wow. 
So that was, I think, just like an Easter egg. But we'll see. I, I would bet on Red Barbarian showing up at some point. And I would mm-hmm. love to see Bucky continuing this like apology tour and kind of more of these characters coming up as well. Yeah, they have to give us sequences of that. It'll be unfair not to. I love that. Right. right. Definitely. Can we talk about the, the opening sequence? So like to start off straight out the gate with Falcon and that whole mission. Man, what a way to yeah. start off an episode. And yeah, like, and I think that's real cool that they brought back uh, George St. Pierre to play Batroc the Leaper because mm-hmm. I thought they could have done more with that character in Winter Soldier. And I'm glad they're going to explore it a little more, like, because he's yeah. just like a real good fighter, like both the character and the actor. And I don't know how much more he's going to be in this. I'm hoping quite a bit, but I thought the fight scene, first of all, like the, the CGI and the flying was all one thing. But then the actual fight scenes when Falcon's like taking down each guy, and it reminded me of Daredevil a little bit. I got Daredevil vibes from a few sequences in this. That's funny as hell. I thought, I thought, because there were times where he'd like knock a couple guys down and then he'd go fight another little group of guys and then mm-hmm. he'd like knock them down in pieces. And then ultimately, like the big guy, which was Batrock, would come and like knock Falcon down. And then Falcon would have to get back up and get his hits in. And ultimately, mm-hmm. Batroc's the only one that gets away. But that was the other callback was Torres. He says something to Falcon about, you got to come up with a new plan. Like, they're heading into Libyan airspace. And Falcon's like, I just did. And that's, like, Cap says something very similar in, I think it was the first Avengers movie. Was it no, the it's first Falcon. Avengers or first Avengers? No, it's Falcon that says it, actually, now that I think about it. Okay. I think he says it in... Winter Soldier, when that building's blowing up, when he, after he gets done fighting Crossbones, and someone's like, let us know when you need us to pick you up. And he goes, I just did. And he jumps out the window. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's, That's what it was. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't remember what, what it came from, but it was it was that scene. It was a callback to a previous Falcon line, um, which was cool. But yeah, what do you think about that scene? I thought it was, it was fantastic. <laughs> I did not expect it to start off like that. And I was like, wow. Uh, I need this injected into my veins right away. So I enjoyed it, man. I I I thoroughly I love this episode. I love this I, episode. And so that's much. another thing we talked about the other day. Like I think quality is gonna be way better than quantity here because only six episodes, but like it depends on what kind of content they fit in these six episodes. Like I don't I don't care how many episodes there are as long as they can wow me with the amount of time they have. Yeah. And if it's you know five and a half hours worth of time cool i don't care like just make it good and what we've seen so far it's perfect it was a perfect episode yeah and it's like it's, it's such a it's an interesting thing to come from the intrigue that everyone got from the first two or three episodes of wandavision where like not knowing what the fuck is going on leads you to be invested yep you know but with this it's just like it's so it's so in the opposite of wandavision and the fact that it's in the wheelhouse of marvel that you have no choice but to love it because it's like this is this is marvel to its core right here man like this is the shit that you know makes the diehards and the casuals flock to the theater so i was just i was over the moon 
after I got done watching this episode, I, I fucking loved it. It was very much like Captain America Winter Soldier vibes. Yeah. And I definitely. think I think they're absolutely gonna continue on this trend. I think it's yeah. I think we're in for a good ass show for the next five weeks. Mm-hmm. But that's the other thing. I mentioned Torres a minute ago. He in the comics when when Falcon takes up the shield, Torres becomes the new Falcon. Or the new really? sidekick. He becomes Falcon's sidekick, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay, I did not know that. Interesting. <clears throat> that's another thing. The the sequence, the flashback that Bucky had of actually killing Yuri's son was fantastic too. That gave me dead up vibes. Like when he rips his hand through the wall and he grabs yeah, that. Yeah, man, guy. that's a man. <laughs> Winter Soldier was a cold motherfucker. Uh huh. Because he had no choice. Man. He was their he was their murderer. He was like their yeah. killer. He was smooth with it though. Like everything just looked so cool. I don't know how they got him to be such a good fighter. Like he beats Cap's ass in uh, in Winter Soldier and he knocks him out mm-hmm. of the helicarrier. Like yeah. he. He's just such a skilled fighter, too. It's not just it's not just strength. Like Cap has strength and he's got willpower, but but Winter Soldier has freaking combat skills. Yeah, you could tell that he's trained. Unmatched. Sure. Like yeah. it's like if you combined like the combat skills of Black Widow with like the power of Captain America. Exactly. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, it's sensational. And I love the whole. Uh, I love the fact that Marvel is trying to make this a bit more, uh, you know, like have a, include a social dialogue in yes. it with um, Falcon, like not getting that loan and like the dude being like, "Well, rest in peace to Mister Stark," but like, why didn't he leave you any money? And like, all, the fact that <laughs> the fact that like the protectors of the free world. He's wondering, like, why didn't you get paid for that? Right. It's just a funny idea to me. Like, right. this is a superhero, and you have to get paid for, like, a, a shift at Wegmans or something. Like, exactly. Like, that's what yeah. he, like, that's, that's what drives me nuts is like, you would think that people protecting the world would get paid by some government somewhere, right? Like, and they yeah. just, they didn't. And then this banker guy just comes out of nowhere and he's like, yeah, no, I can't get you money because you don't have any records of the past five years. And like, he was fucking gone the past five years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't have any control and, of that. And I think, like, in terms of, like, when, when you say, like, them developing on these, like, social issues, the scene that was real powerful for me was, like, at the very beginning when he gives up the shield and Don Cheadle asks him, he's like, why didn't you take up the mantle? I thought it was, like, Don Cheadle trying to be, like, a mentor figure to Falcon. Mm-hmm. I keep calling him Don Cheadle. I should just call him Rhodey because I'm calling Mackie, he is Falcon. Don Cheadle. He is Don Cheadle. Don I don't Cheadle. like that's the thing. Like when I when I talk about like some characters, like like Paul Rudd, always Paul Rudd. Yeah. <laughs> like, but but yeah, like I thought that was a, a, a great scene, like where Falcon says he just like doesn't think he deserves it. And then like the kind of counterpoint to that in the last scene when he's watching TV and they give it to they give it to John Walker. Oh god. And, he, and he's like thinking, damn, like I shouldn't have done that because Cap said I earned that and now they're just giving it away to another dude. Yeah, they're giving it away to a schmuck. A yeah. schmucky looking guy. You know what I found out? You know whose kid he is? The actor who plays John Walker? No, who? Kurt Russell's kid. Stop. That's Kurt <laughs> Wyatt Russell, right? Yeah, Wyatt Russell. That, 
Mm-hmm. I've seen him in something. I knew he looked familiar. Yeah, that's him. But like, I couldn't really tell. Like, if you look at his face, like he's got the same mouth as Kurt Russell. He's got like a pointier nose, but he's got the same like mouth. And like, I couldn't really tell because he's wearing the the mask, obviously. But yeah. you know they're gonna make this dude a douchebag, a hundred percent. Oh yeah, he's going to be a way more annoying and corny version of what Captain America was. It's hard to be cornier than Steve Rogers, but he's gonna be corny. <laughs> yeah. Steve but he's gonna be corny for like a bad reason. Like corny was like, like Cap, like Steve Rogers was corny but endearing and mm-hmm. this version john walker is going to be corny and also an asshole and i like a kiss ass he's going to be a hundred percent just like the government's captain america and it's mm. gonna suck <laughs> like, i'll tell you what this is doing a phenomenal job of grounding these heroes too because the idea that the government has to bring in someone else just for them to feel more secure and safe and like they need another icon it's like very telling and the fact that they couldn't use falcon who steve said like earned the shield yeah like and yeah. that's that's the other thing like what we were just talking about. like 100 percent, this version of captain america is going to get paid by the government yeah and falcon's not even though he just like kicked Batroc or leaper out of a helicopter like yeah, yeah. it's just very i did like that they answered that question though i feel like that was a big question on marvel fans mind was how do they get paid and like they finally answered like that they don't like and that they someone like drew a parallel to tony in ultron i believe it was when somebody called him like the leader and he said oh i'm not the leader he's like i just i just i just build all the armor and like i fund the team and he's like he's saying all these things about how he like just pays for everything and the caps the leader of the team and <laughs> and i've like thought about it i was like man he like kind of did and now they're all just kind of on their own. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have any... Wow, imagine being like <laughs> a middle-class superhero. I'll be pissed. I mean, aren't... I'm trying to think. Like, I, now I'm thinking, how the fuck did Vision and Wanda buy that house? Where did Vision's income come from? He's a robot. And where did Wanda's <laughs> right. income come from? She was like did, a poor did, Sokovian did girl. come from an affluent line of synthesoids or something? Did you like... beat the shit out of somebody for it? Like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't get that. That's a good question. But like, I, I'm glad they posed it. Like, obviously, you see, I feel like, I feel like, like Paul Rudd is the ideal, uh, like middle class fucking superhero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he like, <laughs> like he just Thor's... goes home after a long night, just cracks open a beer. Yeah, exactly. He Literally, he does crack open a beer the second he gets home from Baskin Robbins in the movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Thor is like obviously rich as shit when he's on Asgard because he's you know like the prince but yeah i'm glad they answered that but i also like it is weird to me that they never answered it till now and also that they don't get paid like yeah that's crazy wow the idea that we claim more taxes than uh falcon is crazy (laughs) (laughs) that's what was like and that was the other thing like he's like trying to save the boat and the house and Mm-hmm. and like he and his sister it like their argument because she's been around the past five years and he hasn't that was just like i could see where they were both coming from and like i don't mm-hmm. like neither of them were wrong mm-hmm. but i'm hoping they let them hold on to it but we'll see how they answer that we'll see how they answer you know their their money issues and i'm mm-hmm. guessing 
I'm guessing by the end of this, Falcon does take up the mantle as Cap. I don't know if they're going to kill off John Walker or if they're going to make him become a villain or if they're going to... I don't know what they're going to do with him, but I don't see him being Captain America at the end of this. I think in the comics, they demoted him to something. They demoted him just to like a military guy. Like maybe he'll be the head so. of sword. Maybe they'll make yeah. him the head of sword. Now that douchebag's gone. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, oh, no, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just about to say, yeah, I agree with you. Like by the end, both Bucky and Falcon are going to, you know, face their inner demons and they're both going to get what they want. You know, yeah. Bucky's going to find peace and he's going to take up the mantle. So I That's, see it. Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing. So John Walker has not even uttered a line yet and he's already ranked second last before Hayward in my book right now. We'll see how that changes. As they make him more of a villain, he may go up in villain status, but not definitely not hero status. He sucks. Um, <laughs> wow. just He's been on the screen for like 10 seconds and he's already there for you, huh? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, he's just... <laughs> can't do it i'm watching sam like break down while he's watching this man like accept the role that yeah. sam was supposed to have just he didn't like have the guts to accept it like yeah but like also the fact that they put the shield away in the museum and then they took it back out 24 hours later just to give it to this guy <laughs> after one bank got robbed halfway across the world <laughs> right they didn't even like let, let it collect dust and it was no already that's crazy. It was already back that is terrible <sighs> That's the thing. The other thing Matt said uh, when I was talking to him about it uh, Friday was he really wants. He thinks Falcon's gonna be too modest to take the shield back, so he thinks he wants Bucky to like steal it. <laughs> I think that'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's the story. Imagine that whole interaction. Like, yo, I, I don't want to take it, but. I need it gone. I don't need them to have it. So. so I could just imagine like Sam's talking about nah, he's like, nah, I don't want to cause any trouble. And then the next scene you just see Bucky like breaks in and steals. <laughs> he has a break. Beat John Walker's ass. Uh, speaking of beating John Walker's ass, can we talk about how we need Flag Smasher to beat John Walker's ass? Oh man, yeah, let's dive right into Flag Splasher, man. Um, so I think we share the opinion on this. What's what's your opinion on Flag Smasher here? Uh I think. I think what Marvel is doing with Flag Smasher is quite interesting because in the comics, it's just one dude who's apparently the heir to a deceased figure in Russia, I want to say. And he's just so. armed with like all this knowledge of language and he's a martial artist. He's pretty much a regular guy, just right. trained. But with this, it's not just one person. It's like an entity that's right. based around... Uh, this one social issue, and that is things pre-blip were better than they are post-blip in order to unite people. So I think right. it's very fascinating. I, yeah, I think they are casting a character of Flag Smasher. I think it's, they cast like a woman to take the role, like the leader of the group, mm -hmm. but it is like cool that they made, uh, she's going to be like the Flag Smasher when like the uh, armies, okay. the Flag Smashers, like plural. Um okay. I think it's a unique stance. Like when they said they're trying to create a unified world government without borders, I was like, is that is that a bad thing? You like they want to <laughs> yeah, I was like, what's yeah, they want to unify the world. Isn't that everybody's goal? Like, don't doesn't everybody want world peace? Like, yeah, is exactly. that want to fight against someone trying to make a unified world government? Like, <laughs> what, 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 what do you mean? Like, yeah, what does that say about <laughs> you at the end of the day, buddy? 
like that like that comic strip i sent you the other day it was like flag smasher says something like i'm not a communist how many times do i need to tell you i hate what the ussr stands for as much as i hate what america stands for and i was just laughing at that because it's just like you should be able to like hate what certain things stand for especially if you want world peace and like there's something that's not you know allowing for world peace to happen they don't seem like that bad of an organization all they've really done so far is rob a bank like like, (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's a spider-man level exactly literally not too bad they robbed the bank bank. so what i mean it's a crime so like arrest them but like it's not they're not nuking you know nuking like a third world country which is what america's doing but like (laughs) 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 yeah so we have them him beat so far or them beat so far in the uh (laughs) the crime this time i would say so um (laughs) uh i think i think I don't know. I think it'll be unique. I think Flag Smasher will be a unique character slash group um, that could potentially rival Thanos in terms of motive. Um, Did you read that article too? You just said that and remind me of an article I read. No, I don't know. Oh, what article. They they said that um yeah the, what you just said like the motives are very Thanos esque and they're wondering how they're gonna how they're gonna round out this art because. It's such a, with them being like not just one person, everyone's wondering how they're gonna wrap up this whole this whole battle, like because it's not just one person that you have to right. see, you have to be a group of people. So how are they gonna go about doing it? And that's fascinating. Like I'm I'm very interested to see how they're gonna wrap that up. That's the other thing. How how like now how are they gonna tie in Zemo to this? Because he's gonna be a villain, right? They've got Patrak the Leaper. He's a villain. They've got mm. potentially the Red Barbarian as another villain. Mm. Unless they bring Bar- Red Barbarian as a hero. They could. They could. I read a theory that said that um, Baron, eventually Baron and this flat stepper figure, if it is a woman, I guess her, will eventually cross paths. And I guess Baron had leftover or residue serum. Okay. that um cap had Ooh. and that's how yeah that's how some of the the flag smashers are are powered like they're enhanced like that one that beat up what's dude's what's the guy's name little torres was it torres torres the guy that got like beat up in the middle of the square after oh yeah yeah, probably, yeah yeah that's the dude that beat up torres he was clearly enhanced so right they're trying to figure out like where did how did that person get this error that's what I'm wondering. Like, are they gonna like they could connect so many different other organizations now too? Like, if yeah. they wanted to connect AIM, or if they wanted to connect any any number of organizations, they could connect, like, draw the lines between it, and you know, have these enhanced people after. Like, maybe they break up the flag smashers at the end of the show, but maybe those people all go and form another famous Marvel group. Exactly, it can happen. It's very possible. Very possible. There's another theory about Zemo. Oh, I told you about the whole like um, John Walker's um, sidekick. I think his name was Battlestar. Yeah, you told me a little bit about it. Yeah, I mean, what that's framed by Baron Zemo, so they could link it. If that happens, they could link it that way. So yeah, there are a lot of different ways that they could link it in. 
there's yeah they they the amount of questions like the questions that are being raised from this show are way different than the one like the one of questions were what the fuck is happening the questions here are like what's going to happen after all of this mm-hmm. it's not really you, you kind of know what's going on in the now for the most part mm-hmm. i can't wait for them to bring in sharon carter at some point i don't know when that's going to be are they but, definitely doing that uh-huh she's or yeah she's casting it. she's been on all the posters and stuff okay. i was really expecting her in this one but she wasn't so i don't know when that's going to happen but i'm hoping soon i wonder if they'll have her go up against if flag smasher is a woman if they're going to want to have like woman versus woman mm. in that situation but the thing is sharon isn't like she doesn't have the serum so it's not really a fair fight whereas not, like uh... whereas bucky going up against her would be a more fair fight because they both have the enhanced yeah. Didn't that now that I think about it, didn't didn't Steve and Sharon like kiss at a point? Yeah, which is hilarious because now she's his niece. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. It's kind of problematic. First of all, like first of all, first of all, <laughs> the fact that he did it in the first place, after knowing it was his like ex-girlfriend, not ex-girlfriends, because they never broke up, but like his mm-hmm. dead girlfriend's niece. That's fucked up. Yeah. That's fucked up, Steve Rogers. Yeah, he was, he was, he was definitely uh, a wild boy for that. Yeah, he was like, I got out of ice, and like that's what's hilarious is like in Winter Soldier when uh, Widow asks him, like, was that your first kiss since 1943 or whatever, mm-hmm. and he's like, No, it wasn't my first kiss since 1940. He's so mad about it, like, <laughs> like he, he, yeah, he was, he, he just came out of the ice, and he was, you know. Locked and loaded. He came out of the ice horny. <laughs> he, had to, he had to go for something. It's like wow. And he's on demon just time. Just happened happened to pick you know the niece of his girlfriend. Yeah, that's um, very forties of him. I get it. Oh my. <laughs> oh man. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. Now, now, but apparently, um, well, that's the funny thing is like now, like he did that and now he's back in time and now he's got to go marry Peggy and have kids. And like, what happens the day Peggy says, Oh, we just had a niece born? Her name is Sharon. <laughs> like, 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 I just imagine like Cap taking a big swig of coffee in the morning and she's like, Oh, I just had a niece born. Her name's Sharon. And then just, just everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that conversation needs to be had at some point. It had to be had. Apparently, I don't know how true this is, but apparently Haley Atwell was pretty mad at um Oh Emily Van Camp. Yeah, Van Camp. Um apparently she was mad at Emily Van Camp because she was taking over as the love interest for the Steve Rogers character and she thought that was bad writing and took it out on Emily Van Camp. Again, I don't know how true that is, but that's just like something Whoa. I read the other day. That's wrong. <laughs> it's funny though, like the fact that they're like really like in the comics there's like an alternate universe where cap and peggy do get married and they have a daughter instead of i think he has two sons in the mcu but they have a daughter and they name her sharon and so like it's the same character but she's now their daughter and she takes up the mantle of captain america okay in an alternate timeline but which honestly that would be cool i would i would like to see her like take up the mantle at some point too like not even necessarily the mantle but like i'm trying to think all the characters who've held the shield so steve obviously tony spider-man Ant-Man, Bucky, Falcon, 
Black Widow. I think Hawkeye threw it to him at one point. So oh, like, yeah. That's like eight characters have held the shield so far. Yeah. And then so like if you if you have her do it, I think that'll be oh Peggy does no Peggy doesn't. She just shoots it with yeah, a gun, which is yeah. a hilarious moment. Cause she gets like she gets jealous and just pulls out her pistol and starts shooting at him from like five <laughs> feet away, like point blank. Just it's like okay. Cause I like she does take up the mantle at some point. So maybe she's instrumental in getting the shield back too. I have no idea how they're gonna do it. Mm. Yeah, but, I wonder if they're gonna do that. I wonder if they're gonna tie in Fury at all to this. Probably not. Um, I don't think we're going to see him again. I don't think we're going to see him until Captain Marvel 2 again. Yeah, I would have to sit down and think about how they go about doing something like that. That's one of those thought experiments. Because he's like on in space right now. So I don't. But I do think he's got such a heavy, like, parallel to Cap's timeline. Like, Mm -hmm. he was the first guy to welcome Cap to the future. He was, he supposedly died in Winter Soldier told steve that he was like pretty much his only friend in winter soldier he does he even show up in civil war i don't think so but like he shows up enough throughout cap's arc that like he saves them all in age of ultron cap's like fear you son of a bitch i don't know i wouldn't be shocked if Fury tied into this at some point but again he's in space and he's now they're kind of tying him more to the captain marvel storyline so i wouldn't be surprised if the next time we see him is meeting with monica rambo in Captain Marvel 2. Definitely. Definitely. Yep, it's going to be the first scene. You think... Oh, what were you going to say? I was just about to say, I'm trying to remember what else. There's another thing in this episode that I was trying to remark on. Go ahead, though. I'll come back. Um, what, what other characters could you see, like, cameoing in this that, we've, that we already know? Not, like, a new character, but, like... Oh, okay. That we already, we've already met. Yeah. Like, General Ross or... Somebody like that. Um. See, I don't know because I I didn't really do my um I didn't really know too much about this this show or read upon it before I saw it. So like, I don't even know who would be a possible cameo. What about you? I don't know. Really, like I said, like General Ross is pretty much the only one I can think of, like top of my head, because he is so like heavily like military involved. Yeah. Um, plus, the, they're bringing him back, I believe, for She-Hulk. Um, so I could definitely see him coming in. But I don't know. Him and Fury were the only two I thought of. But again, Fury, I don't think, is showing up again until Captain Marvel. Yeah. I don't want to see this being like a cameo uh, a show. show where, yeah, a cameo-like show. But then again, we did see WandaVision as a cameo-type show, and it didn't. That's true. So maybe they're flipping the script on us here and they're going to like fuck with our minds and like one of these episodes is going to end with a huge cameo. What if they bring like, <laughs> like they could actually bring Wolverine in because Madripoor, they addressed Madripoor in this last episode, which is like a major Wolverine like based city in the comics. Oh, yeah. I can't yeah, wait. To, you're right. You mentioned that. I can't wait till Hugh Jackman shows up as uh, huge erection. And, <laughs> and he's all of a sudden not Wolverine anymore. <laughs> I like how that's like a running joke now since he did the whole Pietro thing. I know, dude. 
I know that's so that's that's so bad. That's yeah, so they, bad. they have <laughs> one shot to fix it, man. I mean, they've got they can fix it at any point in the future if they wanted to, but I feel like it'll be kind of a moot point yeah, after will. after multiverse. Like once you yeah. open the multiverse, you got one shot at it. It's yeah, like, it's like Cap like, says in Endgame. He's like, we got one shot. No, what did he say? No second chances. Second chances. No second chances, man. No, no mistakes. No do overs. I, I feel like this is it. I feel like Doctor Strange is the one chance to fix it. Yeah, unfortunately, it's just at that point with the multiverse being open, <laughs> he'll be the last person on my mind. That's that's <laughs> how I'm feeling about multiverse, man. I don't think they can do it over after that. And I, 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 I completely get what you're saying about you don't think they like they're gonna do it. Although, although we did, there was a lot of skepticism about whether the Spider-Mans were going to be involved after it was found out he wasn't really Pietro. But Andrew Garfield's stunt double and Tom Holland's stunt double were hanging out on the set of Spider-Man 3 the other day. Mm, yeah, I, I finally saw your tweet. That's dope. I'll give you that. That's, that's a link. It could be something. Could be. What, if they have, what if they have Andrew Garfield's stunt double being a stunt double for some other character? I'm so mad, dude. If they if they just brought him on to be a stunt double for some <laughs> other character, some random character, meaningless. I know, oh, so just crazy. like a guy who falls out of a building. Like, okay, we need you to be. What the if, guy. What if this is just like a running thing, just like a prank on all of us to just like put these super important characters from like the S Men universe that we know, and just like casting them as random regular people. Like, what if that's head. just like? I mean, so my head. If they get Michael oh, Chiklis in it, if they get Michael Chiklis and they put him in a big CGI suit and he ends up being <laughs> like, like some character that's so fucking stupid that they kill off yeah. in five minutes. <laughs> and they're testing my patience here. They really are. And no. they've, really, they've only done one thing. They've done one thing wrong in like 12 years of filmmaking. Yeah. And, and it's really testing like my mental health here because now every time i look somewhere i'm just like this is gonna be not what i want it to be anytime i like get hope for something and like i know it'll all settle once i get something like what once there's like content that's like supposed to be surprising content and it is surprising and it like is what i wanted right mm -hmm. like if you bring the three spider-mans in or if you like you know if you get hugh jackman and you make him wolverine or something normal like a normal surprise not a bad yeah. surprise yeah I'll, I'll feel more calm about everything but now like with this taste in my mouth from the last surprise they did just not yeah you want a surprise that makes sense that's yes yes yeah. like like spidey showing up in civil war or you know like any any number of things surprises we've had in the past i'm just trying to think like big like like um like honestly like spider-man arriving in civil war like that for the That's, time made sense so right, something right. like that you know like give us no give us something other than like cap with the hammer like yeah expected but still kind of a surprise when it happened still oh yeah shit when it happened like yeah definitely i, I don't like know man I'm I'm sick of waking up in the middle of the night in cold sweats, saying to myself, "Ralph Boner, Ralph Boner." Every time, like, 
I I am mentally and psychologically scarred from it. I know, dude. Evan Peters is like such a phenomenal actor too. And now, yeah. not only did you waste one of my favorite characters, you also wasted such a good actor. Like, yeah, <laughs> he should be mad too. Like, right, us. <laughs> right. Like, like it's like if you went to make a sequel to I don't know the bucket list and you put Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson in it and then they were both playing different characters named <laughs> Bonner. <laughs> and they're insignificant. There are two other actors who actually have yeah. the heroes. It's a prequel. Yeah. It's a prequel. They they bill it as a prequel. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling like, you man, I, the analogy of like it being your favorite sports star coming to your city, you think, "Oh my god, like they're coming to Buffalo. They're going to get us to the Super Bowl and then them turning around and saying fuck y'all i'm going somewhere else it's like it's it's that's how i felt i was like wow yeah okay so this is what we're doing this is this is how we're rocking to me it's honestly probably a bigger scale now because to me sports was always like the number one thing in my life when i was growing up but like within the past couple years like marvel's definitely taken over as like Mm -hmm. the number one thing and so like it hurt like a lot like it's like having like it's like if you put Josh Brolin in your movie and he's not playing Thanos or Cable and he's playing a guy named Dick Weed. Like how <laughs> stupid would that be? <laughs> Dick Weed. I would lose it. I would turn my TV off. So <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like it's like it's like if you tease Miles Morales, right? And like you've got Donald Glover hanging out with this young kid. And you think it's Miles. You think it's Miles. The whole movie. It's a Spider-Man movie. Donald Glover's in it. Donald Glover's yeah. hanging out with a young kid. You're like, oh, that's Miles. That's Miles. And it turns out it's like Donald Glover's friend's son, like shit face or something. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, fuck face. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like it's and I know all of this is such like I'm building this up so poorly. Like I know none of this is gonna happen, but man one trust issue like yeah. you create one trust issue and these, <laughs> this is where my mind goes like <laughs> because you think of all the theories i've thought of and like all the theories you've thought of like all the theories all the marvel fans have thought of right they're all getting super creative with it saying this could happen this could happen this could happen. and then mm. and then you give them one trust issue and it's like oh this could happen this could happen and this yeah. could happen like this yeah. is gonna all be horrible and yeah I don't like I don't believe any of these I don't buy into any of these I don't believe Dick Weed is going to be a character <laughs> but like I can't I can't bet against it now you've made a character named Boner out of one of my favorite characters <laughs> and like, then they had the nerve to like also have us build anticipation to see Agatha's fucking husband that she's been harping about for episodes you're like oh who's this is he going to be the Grim Reaper like who is this guy right, right. just for it to be him so it's like on two fronts I'm offended because number one you have me thinking that this is Quicksilver and number two you have me thinking that her husband is of importance when really it's not so it's like if Tony snap and he goes and I am Iron Man and then he pulls his hand up and one of the fucking stones is missing like, like... oh my god that would actually be that would actually for some reason that would actually be dope my, it would hurt a lot. <laughs> they really did that. Uh, like, I know they're going to do right by all of us, but like, I'm still salty. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get what was going on in that, that writing room. Like, who pitched that? Like, it would have been good 
if they fleshed it out just a little more like made you think it's ralph boner right and then immediately changed it like you know you know like if they if they made you think oh this was a red herring the whole time and then really the red herring was the red herring and it really was what you thought the entire time like oh okay yeah that, like fake fake this out in a like way. a fake out fake out yeah yeah like yeah. okay yeah man that, uh, yeah we'll see we'll see but again i trust marvel and i know everything they're gonna do is gonna pretty much be pleasing to me but really like it, it all it took all it took was one thing i didn't like for me to like yeah, now create all these horrible theories in my head yeah it just gets you thinking now but anyways on a more positive note back to falcon winter soldier which was phenomenal like just the first scene after the action scene when shale when sam's giving the shield up there was a poster of cap hanging on the wall and sam was standing facing with his right shoulder facing the camera so Steve was on his left, and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even catch that at all. Um, there was that, and then there was like a thing. There was like a it, as part of the exhibit, there was like it said, like the vanished. It was like everybody who like that thing Paul Rudd looks at in mm-hmm. Endgame when he's looking at like the stone wall of everybody who vanished. Um. It was like that list on like a TV screen, just like rolling with all the names who like people like got blipped, mm. which I don't get why they had that anymore. Because if they all got brought back, it's not like you have to mourn them anymore. You don't have to. Yeah, why them. wouldn't they just like say, not, "All right, let's get rid of this"? Uh, right. There was like a couple things there though. There was like some something about Bucky and something about the Sokovia Accords and a couple things, but that was the one that stood out to me most. Was like the rolling footage of the vanished i'm like they all came back yeah i wouldn't want to see my name on that shit <laughs> i wasn't here be reminded like like talking about ptsd like be reminded of that five years that you were gone like <laughs> that's, a, that's a trip back to therapy right there i don't exactly that. exactly that that museum is just a horrible thing especially if you're bucky like if you're bucky and you got to go to that museum and see your best friend how he's like not around anymore and like you look at like all the shit and it's like oh here's a little story about me and how i was brainwashed and now here's a story about how i got blipped away and right like, right, right. i, mean, I almost funny. made a very problematic joke but continue <laughs> <laughs> oh i just hope that we get i'm just excited for the therapy that we get oh <laughs> well now they're gonna start like couples therapy him and sam because i saw like a clip of them both with the therapist at some point in the series so that's gonna be funny because their dynamic is hilarious starting with starting with when they were fighting spider-man in civil war and spidey webs them both up and he's falcon takes out spider-man with red wing and bucky's like you couldn't have done that sooner it's like i hate you (laughs) and then i went there in the car and he's like can you move your seat up no (laughs) (laughs) then then that's when cap makes out with uh, Sharon and, mm-hmm. and they're just like both looking at him, smirking at him. They're like, <laughs> all right, I see you, Cap. So we're, we're kissing nieces these days. That's what I don't doing? think they even knew. I don't think they even knew that she was his girlfriend. <laughs> well, but he did, which is the problematic thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Someone in there knew. <laughs> That's the crazy part. Um, oh, what else? Um, 
But yeah, so I think the relationship is gonna be hilarious once they finally link up. Um, I wonder why he wears he chooses to wear those gloves. Like, how come he just isn't like out about his? Don't gun? people recognize his face? Like, like, like know. the banker, the douchebag banker recognizes Falcon, right? So wouldn't they recognize Bucky as Bucky? I guess not. I, that's what I'm surprised about. Like, you guys don't know. Like, he isn't known. Right. It's weird. Hmm. Raises questions. Speaking of questions and speaking of cameos, I was saying like earlier, do you think, and we I think we talked about this a little bit last week. Do you think um Chris Evans cameos in this at all as old captain? Um I, I still think they did I still think that that they're just gonna make people think that he just passed. I don't know. I think the way, the language, the way they've been talking about it, has been very much like avoiding saying the words that he's dead. I, in my opinion, I think he shows up in episode six. Wow, the very last episode. Hmm. I think he shows up to give Falcon and Winter Soldier like a pep talk. A uh, pep talk after they defeat the gang of flag smashers before i think they're trying to solve things i think they hit like a maybe episode five either way i think they hit a low point at some point and they need to pick me up like maybe that's when yori dies maybe i don't know what's gonna happen but i know something bad is gonna happen like sam's gonna lose the boat or something is gonna happen to one of them or both of them where they're both at like the low point of the series and i think that's when they'll do it where would he have been all that time before the fifth business episode, though? Like, where would he be hiding? Just, it's just, just, gonna, live, just gonna... living his old man life, like just not giving a care in the world because he's already, mm-hmm. already done it all. Do you feel like it'll be like uh, a type of situation where Falcon's like, "Oh, I know the right person to call," and then they end the episode on that, and people are thinking, "Oh shit, it might be Captain America that he calls," and, and they bring Ralph Bonner. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, they do that. People be done. That's it. It's over. It's done. Yeah. He's like, my name is Captain Boner. He shows up. <laughs> shows up with like a plastic Captain America shield. Oh man. Um. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I still think he. I, I think. I think they're just gonna. And do the whole done. thing with them like, oh, you know that he's dead, but we're not gonna directly say that he passed away. Interesting. I feel like they'd want to hold a funeral for him, but maybe not. Yeah, I, I get that. Either that or they I do you think that they would have already held it but like not show shown it in the first no, episode? I think of- Falcon would have been mourning it more. Okay. And and Fair I think when when it's sold, I think they both would have been wanting it more. Yeah. Like when Falcon, but especially Falcon, because Bucky doesn't really talk about it. Falcon yeah. does, because Falcon's talking about it with Torres at that table. Yeah. But we do we know how much time has passed since um since Steve actually gave Falcon this year then I wanna say five months, but I'm not entirely sure. That seems like enough time to be like still struggling with it, but still being like, okay. Like, yeah, but Steve would have had Steve would have had to die like a week after Endgame, though. 
Yeah. For that to be true. true. That's the weird thing is like uh, they confirmed that like it's canon that he attended his own or he attended Peggy's funeral as an old man as well. Oh, okay. But that's what's funny is like wouldn't his kids there or like any of his family there have been like, hey, that's Uncle Steve when he was a young man or something or that's dad when he was a young man, but we can't tell yeah. him because he still needs to go back in time. Like, yeah, yeah, tough to navigate. Oh, Bucky was sleeping on the floor when he like had his nightmare, his flashback. Oh, and, yeah, he was. And this article I read pointed out that like it could have been because like when Sam talks to Steve about it in Winter Soldier, he says that he can't sleep on a mattress anymore because like sleeping on a marshmallow. And so, like, people are thinking that that's why Bucky's laying on the floor because he's it's been so long that he's actually been comfortable that now it's just comfortable for him to sleep on the floor. Hmm. See, that 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 Tony Stark check didn't clear for him either. So he's poor, too. <laughs> You're saying he can't afford a bed? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. You never know. <laughs> They, they got to dedicate an episode to that. I'm really genuinely curious Tony what's going on with these The funds. Tony Stark check didn't clear. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's messed up. I still don't get how nobody ever paid them. Like, ever. Like, Tony did a little bit, like, as he was, like, buying them gear and things. But, like, he didn't directly pay them. And the government obviously never paid them. The bank won't help. Crazy. I, I, like, I wanted to punch that I banker in the have... face. <laughs> he's taking <laughs> selfies with Falcon. Like, it was such a predictable ending to that scene. It's like, he's going to be a douche about this and not give him the loan. After taking yeah. these dumb selfies, he, he, like, asked for that. He's like, can we take one with your arms out? He's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like... I wanted to fight him. I wanted to fight him. If that banker was, a rank, if that banker was a rankable character, he'd be last. <laughs> he could be a rankable character. We could arrange for that because we could. He me too. We could. I in a fight, I'd want Hayward to beat him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's it's, it's outrageous. True, I don't get it. Uh, yeah, like this episode was very, it's very much straightforward. But I think that's what I appreciated about it. Absolutely, I love and that about it. I'm excited to see whether or not we meet these other characters on Bucky's apology tour. I'm trying to like, I'm excited to see how Bucky deals with his mental health, how Falcon mm-hmm. deals with trying to like pick him and his sister up from you know not being able to own this boat in this house anymore. Right. Which the nephews? I'm not sure how involved the nephews are in the comics. Uh, I thought one of them had powers. One of them definitely did have powers. I was reading about that. Really? I, I didn't look into nephew. I think the older one does, if I remember hmm. correctly. Um, but that'll be cool. I thought they were like real, like I was saying about um, Speed and Wiccan, how they were perfectly cast. Like I thought these two nephews were perfectly cast just <laughs> based on their like banter. Like when the mom says, she's like, I'm leaving. Uh, with Uncle Sam, no video games, and they're like, "Okay, yes, video games." Like that was so funny. It just reminded me, like me and my brother, like when we were younger, and like my our parents would be like, "No video games." We'd be like, "Yeah, okay," and like three, two, one, they're gone, and we're on. 
Oh, okay. So this is what it says that eventually one of them ends up making up with Banner and becomes one of his trusty sidekicks. That's what it was. That's what okay. it was. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Yeah, I think wow. it's the older one. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. So I wonder, fuck. Now I'm really wondering if they're going to cross anybody from She-Hulk over into this. Yeah, I wonder. That's really fascinating. I had no idea about that. I think that'll be cool. I think, I like, and again, Young Avengers. Young Avengers don't need to be, like, super comic accurate. Like, obviously, the original Avengers, Wasp and Ant-Man were in it instead of Black Widow and Hawkeye. Right, yeah. But they just swapped them. Yeah. So I think it would be cool just to build any kind of young Avengers, quote unquote, just like young in quotes, because you can get, you know, obviously Ant-Man's daughter is going to be part of it. Um, yep. Probably Kamala Khan. Yeah. America Chavez, possibly. Mm-hmm. Wanda's kids. Hulkling, maybe if they introduce him. Yeah. Falcon's nephew. You know, there's so many that they're building. Harley Keener as Iron Lad, if they do that. Who knows? But there's a lot. There's a lot of young kid, like, talent in the MCU right now that they've, like, oh, ha- Hawkeye, Kate Bishop. Yeah, Kate Bishop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it all, like, they came out of nowhere. It was like we had maybe one of these characters before Endgame, and then, like, Endgame hits. We had Cassie Lang, and then Endgame hits, and now we've got this whole slew of young Avengers that could make a team and that's what i think is gonna be great about the avengers movies they're no longer have to gonna have to be the same team over and over again it's gonna be oh you get the young avengers here magic avengers here you get like the the comic where it's like Mm -hmm. it's a variety of different exactly and that's when when they bring the mutants in they can do the same thing with the x-men you could be like oh uncanny x-men like just do your do your different groups of x-men and sign them all to you know five or six films a piece and they can all team up at once like i'm anticipating beat endgame the next phase like this next saga this next group of phases is gonna have to end with all of the avengers teams and all of the potential x-men teams linking up to fight kang or galactus or whoever it is yeah that would be fucking insane my mind would just be splattered in excitement it'd be crazy but that's the thing. There was a video circulating. I don't know if you saw a video circulating on Twitter this week of Stanley, where, uh, and I just thought of it because I mentioned Galactus, but you saw yeah. it. Yeah. You talk about the one where he's like, uh, he talks about the fact that writers make whatever conclusion yeah. they want. Who wins Some, the fight? Somebody asked him, like, who would win Wanda or Doctor Strange? And he said, whoever the writer wants to win. Like, yeah, that's what he <laughs> would. Like, a comic. It was so well put. And, Stan was just such a funny guy, and I'd never seen that clip before, and it took me out. He was hilarious, um, yeah, because man. he made such a good point. He did. Depends on like you think about it. All these, just like I told you that um, Galactus has been killed by Doctor Doom. Like it all depends on the narrative and how you can spin it to make it happen. Yeah, like yeah, as long like, as it's a good story, it, as long as it's a good story, I don't care how the winner wins. Mm-hmm. Like. Like you said, like Doctor Doom shrinks Galactus down or whatever. As long as they can make it make sense, yeah, go for it. Right, right, definitely. Like Did that, you hear that Thor? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was, no, you go. Say, I was gonna say something Thor? stupid. You go. <laughs> I just read something today. Said that Thor four people said that Thor four is gonna feel like an Avengers movie. 
it might because it's got guardians yeah. at the beginning it's got thor mm-hmm. it's got all of thor's like past like friends you got corgan meek you got jane mm-hmm. foster you got sif potentially beta ray bill who's um i always forget her name but who's uh very pretty girl what's her name oh um valkyrie valkyrie yep valkyrie yeah that's the time yeah um that's thompson Whoa. potentially aries we'll see yeah because they had a they had a easter egg for him in thor 3 same thing with beta ray bill maybe hello maybe loki maybe heimdall again man i'm Hopefully. so that just that raised i'm so excited for that, that thor if man. they can bring those three back i will be ecstatic i don't man. want like in order the top five characters i want to come back fix pietro hella loki ty burrell as doc samson and heimdall would be perfect ty burrell would be sweet i want to see he ty burrell and like he, he's done modern family now i think he played that character very well in the incredible hulk i think elaborating on his character more would be amazing they've already kind of confirmed two they, like two incredible hulk characters come back potentially mm-hmm. a third so i think if they're delving back into that now that they've got the rights it would be real cool to see all that yeah um, definitely i would love to see ty burrell heimdall the only thing is like he died like a hero death you know where like he sent hulk back so i don't know they would actually bring yeah. him back as much as they'd mm-hmm. want to bring hella back but he said he's down like originally after thor 2 he said he didn't want to do another thor movie after thor 3 but then after thor 3 he's like oh, i'll come back <laughs> like so yeah. so they could bring him back i would like to see it he was like one of my like one of my favorite thor characters because like he was one of the only interesting Thor characters to me because like, especially after the first two movies, it was yeah. like, to me, it was like Thor, Sif and Heimdall were the three. I didn't really even care about any of Jane and Selvig and Darcy. Yeah. That's, that's another problem I have with those earlier Thor movies. They didn't really do a great job of like getting you invested into those, those other characters. Like that's to right. me, I, I didn't care about the earth characters. I didn't care about the Asgard characters. Yeah. I cared about Thor, Loki, Heimdall and Sif, and that was it. Those are the only four I cared about. Like the yeah. Warriors three were just all so bland that like I didn't care. Right. And and like Jane, like that was all just real boring. Like I don't know. But but like I, I just think I think now that Taika's got it, aside from the Hella not getting enough screen time, I think he'll do a good job with it. I just want the Thor movie to be long enough though. Like I don't want them to run into that problem Captain Marvel ran into where they didn't give it a long enough runtime. And, and that's what I was talking, another thing I was talking to Matt about the other day, he watched the Snyder Cut and we were just talking about how people think audiences, like film, not filmmakers necessarily, but studios, think audiences are so dumb that they need everything cut down. If you have a serious audience with a product like this, especially in like a massive franchise like Marvel or DC or Star Wars or whatever, they mm-hmm. will want to see the full four hours. Definitely. Like, so, Definitely. so make as long a movie as you want, as long as it's in the budget. Yeah. Here's the thing though, that that four hour runtime really tells me a couple of things. I do think that the fact that we're in the COVID era of streaming definitely helps the fact that people commit to four hours because I don't think people will be flocking to the theater to see a four hour movie. That's I don't know, man. I saw a three hour movie eight times, so you never know. Okay. But again, point. I think my opinion is if you're gonna put out a four hour movie, one of two things. Either release it in two parts as like a double feature it would have to that's my thing like it would have to it can't just be like one full sitting of four hours like i feel like it would have to be 
a lead up, a proper lead up to it. The other thing you could do with it would be put like an intermission, put like a 15 minute intermission in the middle. So if people are at the theater and they want to take a break, like they could go pee, they could go get more snacks. They could, yeah. you know, just relax for 15 minutes instead of yeah. having to stare at the screen the whole time. It is also DC too though. And they've had a lot of gaps. So I guess in my mind, people be like, I feel like the DC lovers would of course go, but like the casual, I don't know. I can't see. Right. Right. I get that. Convenience. Cause it's like the track, it's not like the track, record is marvel like it's like okay that's true i know that this is going to be great so i will sit here for four hours but for a marvel film like i think if it's not ant-man you know because like ant-man i love ant-man but not everybody does ant-man's been like an underperforming franchise of marvel Mm -hmm. but i think for thor especially now that taika has it like it's one that people are going to flock to see regardless any movie with the name avengers slapped on it people are going to flock to it i don't think for those types of movies you necessarily need to cut too much out not at all it holds a lot more weight than justice league too absolutely and this is just like and the amount of hype you can build around it is more important than how long the movie is like people are watching the snyder cut like crazy just because everybody's like you should watch the snyder cut like same thing with wandavision a lot of people that weren't interested in marvel before got super into marvel now because wandavision had such hype exactly all about marketing man like it's yeah also, the Snyder Cut, I mean, I haven't seen it yet. I'm definitely going to watch it this week, though. I feel like it really benefited from the fact that the first cut was so bad. That, too. That, too. That's you can really make a shit cut, cut and then... You have a shit cut, and then something else comes out that's even a little bit better. People are going to overhype it. Right. And that's what... There was a, there's an artist I follow on Twitter that didn't love the Snyder Cut, like, said... Because he's not, like, a big DC guy. He's a Marvel guy, 100%. But mm-hmm. he said he appreciates that like an artist got to see their vision through with the Snyder cut because he's like, I didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't think it was super fantastic like everybody else, but I do appreciate that an artist got to make it the way they wanted. Cause like that, he, he said all artists should be able to do that because they should. I mean, if you've got a vision for something, don't let someone else take it necessarily and chop it to pieces. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm sure I'll appreciate I'll appreciate it on that level for sure. And the fact that, I mean, if you have a four-hour fucking movie, I'm sure the narrative is tight because you have all the time in the world to make things cohesive. So okay. that's the one thing, and I think I told you this the other day that I was salty about that guy cut from Endgame that I like literally just found out about the other day was that when Hawkeye got back from traveling through time to get his like son's baseball mitt or whatever, Ant Man was just standing there with a bag of orange slices when he got back. It was like a callback to Civil War when Ant-Man yeah. gets knocked on his ass. Does anybody have any orange slices? <laughs> <laughs> Get the orange slices ready. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But uh, I'm looking forward to watching the Snyder Cut. I, yeah, I don't know when I'm going to get to, um, but I'm going to, I plan on watching it, you know, before, at least before Widow comes out. I, I still want to try to get through the X-Men movies as I've been trying to do before I do that before I watch Snyder Cut, probably. But I bought Logan, so. Ooh, man, you will not regret it. You will not regret that. I I need to get a poster of Logan. That's going to be one of my next purchases. That's how much I love that movie. A poster? Yeah, I need that poster. I think I only have two or three. The only movie posters I have are, I have Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, 
And then I've got the two Endgame ones that I got from those two events, which are, aren't really posters, they're just like small posters, but Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is like theater size. Because mm. that's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Not anything about any of the shows, but about this show, Dabs and Duke. Uh, shout out to our listeners, because I looked, I looked at the analytics this past week. We got people listening in Germany, in Detroit, Salt Lake City, Erie, Pennsylvania, the Bronx, Dallas. Wow. And then just in the area, we've got Tonawanda, Penfield, Buffalo, Amherst, and, and oh, and also New York City. Wow, what a diverse group of Marvel fans. And Shout out to you. Uh, 100% of our people are between the ages of like 18 and 27, I think. <laughs> wow. Shout out to the Gen Z and millennials out there doing uh, thing. Yeah, listen to the greatest podcast in the world. Spread the word. Yes, absolutely. It's so encouraging to like see the analysts and see where those ears are. Exactly. We're international, baby. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, we're international. The price of the brick is going to go up. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna sell this podcast as an nft next week <laughs> yeah. uh, shout out to them that's awesome absolutely you got anything else to add no that's um, i had one thing but i could say after next week no you could say it unless you want to save it i think i'm gonna say it because it actually relates to it relates to something I think that will happen next week. So I'll just wait. All right. Well, then in that case, we will see you next week. Oh, yeah. Thank you for listening. And until then, obligatory Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. reference. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get one in this week. I needed to put one in. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs>